Welcome to the Heal Your Life Talk radio show. I am Victoria Johnson from victoriajohnson.org, your host and Heal Your Life workshop teacher trainer and Heal Your Life coach trainer in Canada. I am the author of the best-selling book, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough, based on the teachings of Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and many more great teachers, authors, and thought leaders. Tune in for tips on how to heal your life now with power statements, affirmations, visualizations, reflection time, and real life stories with real life people who have overcome adversity. Learn to transform your thoughts and words. Learn to love yourself even more based on the techniques of Louise Hay and you can heal your life. We will be ending today's Heal Your Life Talk radio show with specific power statements, affirmations, and treatments to help you heal your life based on what we have talked about on the show. So stay tuned to change your thoughts and heal your life even more. As Louise Hay often said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Alana King. Alana's website is pumpupyourteam.com, and that is exactly what she does. She is definitely one of those people that pumps up whoever meets her. She's vibrant and full of energy and lights up the room wherever she goes. I have been very fortunate to meet her at the most recent Heal Your Life teacher and Heal Your Life coach training that we held here in Canada. And she was one of the students there and just a real blessing to everyone uh, in her bravery, in her growth, in her sharing, in all of those things. So I am just going to turn the floor over to you so you can talk to our listeners for a while, Alana. My question to you would be, how did you first come across the Heal Your Life work through the book or through Louise Hay? How did that first come into your life? It's interesting, Victoria, and thank you, by the way. I have known about the book for many, many years, but have only really got into it in the last year. So I have, my mother was very, very ill. And I had to um, basically go and help with taking care of her. And then she did pass away. But in, in that time, that was there was a lot going on. And so I had uh, started reading the book just for self-improvement and to try to figure out some things because like most families in that situation, we have with my siblings, we all have very different personalities, very different ways of dealing with things. And I just felt like my world was falling apart a little bit. And so I just needed to dig a little deeper for myself. So that's how it helped me. It helped me so much because I was helping my siblings and uh, I was always the strong one. So I had to be strong for everybody else. And then I felt like I had to just go off and if I was going to fall apart, it had to be on my own. You know? Yes, I do. I just want to say that I can totally relate to what you're saying. I remember when my mother was sick and, and subsequently passed away, you know, I always felt like I had to be strong. I had to be strong for her. I had to be strong for my brother and my sister and and my children, you know, who adored their grandmother. And it goes back to even my childhood. I always felt like I had to be strong. And so I know what it's like to, you know, be this, rock that suddenly is beginning to crumble. Can, can you talk more about that? Sure. It was interesting because, I don't know, it was like 
everybody, well, everybody deals with grief in different ways as well. And so, you know, I had one sibling that was very angry and one that was just falling apart and just different, different ways that we all grieve, which is totally fine. But then I felt like I wanted to be there for them and help them go through what they were dealing with at the time. And I just, I feel like with many women, we always put ourselves last, right? When there's time later, I'll deal with it. So for me, it was, okay, once everybody, I went back basically into my bedroom or whatever, and either late at night or early in the morning is when I felt comfortable enough to grieve just on my own. I didn't, and it's strange because it was like, oh, I didn't want anybody to see me that way. And so, and I'm not really sure why, but it just brought up a lot of old memories for me or things going on when I was a little kid. And that's when I really started reading the book and doing the exercises. And I felt like it helped me quite a bit. And then I went through the Heal Your Life workshop And I was surprised at the depth of some of the things that came through because I thought, well, no, I have it all together. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And so the other thing that was interesting is that sometimes we think that if we do some of these exercises or some of these, you know, self-empowerment type things, then, okay, well, we've dealt with that and we're all cured now. But it's it, it helped me to realize that it's a lifelong you work on it your whole life. I mean, you, you get a handle on some things, but then they, they may resurface, you know, six months, years from when you did it. And because then I think it's just, we just automatically go on to autopilot, you know? It's so true. And these things do resurface. And I'm thinking about you, you remind me so much of myself and I've told you this before. And I'm thinking about, you know, when I was in my early twenties and in a lot of counseling and taking a lot of self-improvement programs and so on. I'm really working on healing the self and healing the inner child and so on. And then later on in my 40s, um, I had some significant trauma and immediately I was back to that place. And I would have thought, oh, I've dealt with that. I've, I've put it in a box. It doesn't affect me anymore. But as soon as the trauma showed up, I went back to that known behavior. So it makes sense to me that when the trauma of losing your mother began to unfold, that you were brought back to those places of trauma in your childhood, whether or not they even involved your parents. It's just the way that I guess our inner child works. Yeah, I agree because it's, you know, like it's because often it's things, especially when I think, I shouldn't say especially, but in this case, when you're dealing with family and it's, you know, you grow up and you all move on and you all do different things. But then in a, a scenario like this, it is now you're back all together again. As if it's almost like you're, you turn into that little kid again. And sometimes people react like they did when they were teenagers and, you know, and so then you just have to step back and really think about things a little bit more, I found. I have seen this many times as a coach and also in my own personal life. It's like everybody's cruising along just fine and we're all so spiritual and everything's great. And then we get back into our family roles and we revert to the person, to the role that we were as the child. So if you were the person who was the bossy one or the shy one or whatever it may be, so often it's easy just to fall back into that role. Now, the good news is the more personal growth we do and the more self-development we do, 
we recognize that and we can change the things about that that we want to change and keep what we want to keep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're pretty like my, we're all in my family. We all have very different personalities and deal with things very differently. But, uh, you know, I'm lucky because we do, you know, mostly get along and can deal with things. But when something so traumatic happens, everybody's just well, everybody's kind of traumatized, even though when you know it's coming, it's still really difficult. And so, you yes, know, so it's a wee bit challenging. But <laughs> Yes, I'm going to say I do congratulate you. I didn't realize that your mother's passing had been so recent. And I know how hard that is. And, and you're right, each family member is going through their own trauma, and they're all feeling like they're cracking or crumbling in their own way. And sometimes that brings out the best in us. And sometimes it brings out the worst in us. And, and, you know, we're all the same that way. We all have that. And for you to go through the trauma that you've gone through, and then to come forward and be able to help so many people, you know, my hat's off to you, and I honor you. That is a huge accomplishment. And, and congratulations on that success, and on really working on healing yourself. Well, and I really feel like the best thing I did was read the book, but not only that, going through the program, uh, going through the workshop, and then moving on to the, you know, teacher workshop and the coach has completely changed my life. So it's something that I really felt like I was always kind of called to do, but never really looked close enough at it. I was just kind of going on in my life and doing the job that I always did and, this has completely changed my life. So I am very, I feel very blessed and really, really thankful that you were there for me, Victoria, and you're teaching me the way. So that was, that was really fantastic because I'm on a completely different path now and I feel so much more, a more rewarding life for me. So I am really, really happy right now. Uh, that's wonderful to be here. And it's been my pleasure. And you know, one thing that I've noticed with everyone I talk to, and of course, with myself, when we are within our passion, life is so much easier. When we are resisting our passion or searching for our passion, you know, there can be frustration, every day is the same, you know, we can find little things that irritate us, you know, somebody changing lanes without signaling can set us off for the day. Absolutely. <laughs> When we're in our passion, we just get into such a highly elevated vibrational state. It is a beautiful thing. So I'm, I'm thankful to be in that space with you and thankful to have the opportunity to be the teacher trainer for you. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you about is some of the practices that I know that you have adopted are things like mirror work. Yes. Yes. Now, can you share with our <laughs> listeners a little bit more about what mirror work means to you? It comes up a lot on these calls and on these podcasts because everyone seems to have a different version of it. Some people are more serious. Some people are more cheeky. Some people love it. Some people don't have a lot of affection for it. So can I hear your, your take on the mirror work and how that's all working out for you? Absolutely. It was fairly new to me, of course, when I read the book. And when I was going through the exercises, it was interesting because, you know, I am very forgiving with everybody else, but not as forgiving with myself. So it was challenging because it was, it's one thing to have, you know, you have the negative self-talk, you're told not to, or you're learn, trying to unlearn that behavior. And so you're trying to speak positively or say the, you know, the right things, the positive things to change it. 
but the mirror the mirror work is what really did it for me because it's one thing to say it it's another thing to look in the mirror into your own eyes and say it and when you're in a low place in your life or at, at that time it took me a few times to be able to do the work because I couldn't actually look at myself and do it. I was just too, it was just too uncomfortable for me. And I was just not in a, like a, a good place for my self-esteem. And I just, I couldn't do it. So it took, it took a, it took a little bit, but once I really like kind of forced myself to make, make myself do that and just say the same things over and over again, it really changed for me. So it really, it really helped me uh, like inner healing for myself. So that was so amazing. You know, that's one of the things that Louise Hay always encouraged was just going to the mirror and saying, I love you. I really, really love you. And, you know, for so many, many, many people, that is not a truth that they want to look in the mirror and say. And no. so if you, yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast and you think that is the last thing that you could possibly do, you know, you can start small. You can go to the mirror and you can just look into your eyes and not say a word, but in your mind think. I'm willing to consider loving you. And maybe an hour later or maybe a day later, you can go to the mirror and not say a thing out loud, but just say, I'm willing to love you. And maybe the next time you can say to yourself, I do love you. And then before you know it, you'll be able to say it out loud, looking in the mirror, looking into your own eyes. I love you. I really, really love you. And what Louise Hay was encouraging was to go to the mirror with affirmations. So things that may, even if you don't believe them to be true, even better, because this is an opportunity to stretch and to grow. Absolutely. Like even when I first started, it was just the simple statement of, I approve of myself. Mm -hmm. and, that, and if you think about it, the when you're in that negative self-talk zone, you would never talk to anybody else the way you talk to yourself, ever. You know, and if you, so true. Yeah. And if you heard a friend of yours or somebody you care about say those things out loud to themselves, you would, you know, tell them not to do that because that's horrible. Of course, you're not that way. But, but it seems like it's okay to do that to ourselves. How is that okay? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I've heard some people say affirmations don't work, you know, and whether it be somebody that I've met personally or maybe an author or someone like that, affirmations don't work. Well, when you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you say, money is flowing to me easily and effortlessly. And then you spend the rest of the day talking about how broke you are yeah, the affirmation's probably not going to work that great for you, right? Well, exactly. So, so we have to remember that, you know, what we put in is what we get out and that our thoughts are creative, as the points of philosophy of Louis Hay always says, and that we are reinforcing throughout the day. You know, I love you. I'm willing to love you, whatever that affirmation is. And, and I really love to get cheeky with it and not be real serious. And there's a lot of winking going on and telling myself how pretty I'm looking today. And uh, that's with or without makeup and just really encouraging myself through that. And then throughout the day, when I look in the rearview mirror or pass by a mirror in a shopping center or something like that, you know, I can give that quick little wink and quickly connect to that feeling of I love and approve of myself. And there's nothing to do with ego in that. Have you noticed that as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It has nothing to do with ego. It's just fact, going it's, deep enough, right? 
Right. And, and I would say it's, it's like it's the opposite of ego. It's the ultimate vulnerability. And for me, what I was doing because I was not comfortable is when I looked in the mirror, I, I pretended I was looking at myself as a child what I looked like at six years old. Mm -hmm. And so I was, it was, I was talking to that little girl and that, that was powerful for me because then that's the little girl that needed that attention. Oh, that is beautiful. Cause sometimes you're not as comfortable. Yeah. Cause sometimes not maybe at the beginning now I'm fine with it being myself, but at the beginning I thought, well, what would I say to that little girl, you know, that was feeling this way or that way. Um, So it helped me to get to that place where I could, it could be me now, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And I love the way that you've said it. And I would like to say, if you're listening to this podcast now and you're going through something in your life, no matter how big or how small, you know, think back to a time of your childhood and find a picture uh, in this digital age. You might have to look on Facebook to find that picture, or maybe you have photo albums and you can go back and, find a picture. And, and I think you said, Alana, you were like age six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and, picture. and um, really looking at that little girl and, and thinking about how strong and courageous or little boy, let me say, so how strong and courageous and, and what a good job they did with the knowledge and wisdom and understanding and tools they had at the time to form us into these amazing human beings that each one of us is because we are truly all the same. Absolutely. Oh, you've got me up on a topic I could get fired up on and talk all day. <laughs> it all starts there, right? <laughs> yes, it really does. You know? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Louise does such a, jo- a great job of beautifully explaining that all in her book, You Can Heal Your Life. And um, I think that uh, the listeners know from the introduction that I wrote a book as well, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough. And it is based on the work of Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and, and so many amazing teachers, Marianne Williamson, Bruce Lipton, Greg Brayden, Robert Holden. And I, my very first section of the book is all on inner child. And I really resisted that because I was like, ah. Uh, who wants to start their book with inner child, right? You know, how much of a turnoff is that? But there was nothing else I could do. Because like you said, Alana, it is the starting place. Well, absolutely. And even, you know, when I was reading your book as well, Victoria was, that's what gets you, that's what gets your attention when you start reading the book is because that is just such, it's the core of everything else. So if you don't start with that, then it's just fragmented, if you ask me. So Yes, well, and the same in our lives, you know, to remember that we still are, you know, I'm 53 years old. I still am that five-year-old girl. You know, I still am yeah. that 10-year-old girl. Yeah. Well, and, um, so when we learn to love and accept ourselves entirely as we are on this earth, it is such a freeing and, and again, high vibration space. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about, we talked about some exercises that you had done personally where you felt like you were using the word should a lot with yourself and with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I should be doing this or people should be doing this. How did you work through that? Well, for me, it was, and it's always like that. And it it goes with the kind of the the self-talk, right? So 
for me, I had to, when I started actually focusing or really, because I think we don't really pay attention when we say it, we just say it, you know, oh, I should be thinner, I should be this, I should be that. Because then when you say it that way, that's an affirmation in itself that is, will always be out of your reach, right? So then for myself, it is, again, taking the mirror and then looking at it and just turning it around. Like I, I would write it down like write down what I keep saying. Cause I find that you tend to say the same things over and over again, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then how can I turn that phrase into now as if, you know, and so I would turn it into an affirmation instead. So for example, well, I should be, you know, 10 pounds thinner or whatnot. It is, I am the healthy and beautiful person I was meant to be. Oh, I right love now. that so much. You know, and so even when you're working out and it's like, and it's, it, it goes with visualization, right? Visualize yourself exactly how you, you want, what you want, only you put it in the present tense. Right now, I am strong, I am beautiful, and I am raring to go, you know? I well, eat food. <laughs> and just how much better does that feel to even say or to think, right? It's so true. If you heard somebody else saying, you know, oh, I've got to go to work. I hate my job. My boss is always on my case. Um, Or if you hear your energy response to that, whereas if you hear somebody saying, I'm excited about going to work today. There's this project I'm working on with my coworkers. It's really fun how it's coming together. Then you feel excited for that person. So that energy, that enthusiasm, that messaging is definitely contagious. Absolutely. Yeah. I have to say I've been catching myself lately going to the gym. There's a particular machine that is one that I could learn to love a little bit more. (laughs) And, uh, So I've been trying to catch myself from cursing it before I get on it. (laughs) And uh, I know I'll have a better experience once I learn to embrace it, but I'm still working on that and it's okay. I still love myself. (laughs) Well, we can't love everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm working on that one. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So I did want to ask you one last question. And that is if you have any self-care tips for our listeners. For me, I would have to say there's a couple of things. Like I love, I find that you need to take at least five minutes. If you don't have no time in the day, because sometimes we're so busy, you need at least five minutes just to ground yourself. And if you don't have time, like if you can't really meditate at that time, just go for a quick walk around the block. I love my bubble bath at night. So I put lavender in it and that's really relaxes me. But probably the... The one thing that I have started doing that I find has really changed me is as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm still in bed and I will, my first thought is what I'm grateful for in my life. And I do the same thing before I go to sleep at night. I really love that idea because I know I sleep with my phone next to my bedside. There, has, there hasn't been anything that I've needed in the last five years from it, but you never know. Maybe tomorrow's the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> or tomorrow's, tomorrow night's the night. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I'm learning to not check my phone. I'm learning to wake up and just take a look around the room and, 
and be thankful. And one thing that I have in my bedroom is my vision board. So I can do a quick scan on my vision board and that really helps me to get into that gratitude thing as well. So, you know, I would certainly suggest to the listeners, if you can't think of anything, you know, think about the mattress that you're laying on or the blanket that you're covered by. And uh, I can tell you that there's been times um, in my life, in fact, there was a time within the last two weeks where I was feeling very stressed and I wanted to be grateful and I wanted to shift my energy, but I was just, I just couldn't do it. I was, I was tired. I was stressed. I just couldn't do it. And I just started repeating the word thankful in my mind over and over again. So thankful, thankful, thankful. And before you knew it, the stress subsided, my body relaxed, and I was able to drift off to sleep. So it's so important for us to to know and to have the tools that we really can shape our life by the thoughts we think and to embrace that and to put it into practice. Absolutely. And you know, Victoria, it. Because sometimes, you know, I mean, some mornings or some nights, it's easier to think what you're, think about what you're thankful for. But there are also some days where nothing has gone right. And it's so easy to be so focused on your worries or your concerns, that that's all that dominates all of your thoughts, right? And so, even like you said, I am, you know, sleeping, I have a roof over my head. Yes. You know, that alone, I have, I have my health, my, you know, my children are healthy or just, you could think of other things, but you're right. It's like some days it's really, really hard to think even you're like, well, yeah, okay, but. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know? And so I, I love the idea of just, if you can't really go there, because let's face it, we can't always just turn that off just to lie there and say, thankful, thankful. And it just even makes your heart feel better, you know? It's so true. I work a lot with people with addictions and that's a, t- that's a tool that I tell them is that I want to share with the listeners now because I don't think I've shared this before. And that is um, to keep a note in your phone of things that you can do in stressful situations that will other than, you know, relying on addiction. So one thing that we could do as people who are practicing our spiritual growth is keep a list of in our phone of things that we're grateful for um, or keep a list on paper of things that you're grateful for and so on. So when we're having those days when we just can't come up with anything to be thankful for, we can just refer back to that list because when we're in those situations of stress and tiredness and despair and, and you know, grief, all of those things, The creative mind is not processing things like it would on days that we are full of enthusiasm and and vibrant and loving life. So maybe that'll be a little tip from both of us today. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Alana, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm just going to close off this call with a little reading from the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And then we will say goodbye to the listeners. So if you are driving in your car, please do not close your eyes. Otherwise, if it is safe to do so, please close your eyes and just let your body relax. Let your shoulders fall loose. If you can, uncross your arms, uncross your legs. Open your mind to just hearing these words. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete. I am one with the power that created me. I have within me 
all the ingredients for success. I now allow the success formula to flow through me and manifest in my world. Whatever I am guided to do will be a success. I learn from every experience. I go from success to success and from glory to glory. My pathway is a series of stepping stones to ever greater successes. All is well in my world. Thank you again, Alana, for being with us. Thank you, Victoria. Uh, for, you're very welcome for our listeners. Please take a deep breath and just return to your, to your tasks that you're on right now. I want to remind you how to get a hold of Alana. You can email her at info at pumpupyourteam.com or you can visit her website, pumpupyourteam.com. And uh, you will be very glad that you did. I highly recommend uh, working with Alana and conversing with her, and you will enjoy all of your interactions with her uh, in her capacity as a Heal Your Life teacher and coach, as well as someone who is just there to really help you pump up your team. Thanks again, Alana. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you learn tips to help you heal your life even more. For more information on Heal Your Life Workshop teacher and coach training, please visit thetraining.ca. For more information on me, your host, Victoria Johnson, please visit victoriajohnson.org. And please order my book on Amazon. Do that and then some. Transform feelings of less than to more than enough. Thanks for joining us.